Welcome to the Hitting the Hardwood podcast with Mitchell Hansen. I'm your host, Mitchell Hansen. And this is a brand new Lynx podcast. Lynx and, and WNBA podcast. We'll talk all things basketball. Um, I'm excited to bring this to you to all. Um, my first time actually starting a, a podcast myself. I've always been in or provided content in written form. So this is kind of a new form to uh, to reach all of you and to provide, provide some content and coverage on the WNBA and basketball and the Minnesota Lynx and everything in between. So thank you for joining and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Today I am welcomed um, and I'm thrilled to have my first guest to the podcast. I'm welcomed by um, Arya Schwartz from, from Windsider. I'll, I'll get to Arya in a bit um, to introduce himself, but um, I'm really thrilled to thr- thrilled to have Arya with me um, and, and thank you for joining and uh, thanks for for being willing to talk all things links with me. I, I know we, we talked in the past about but we uh, like to talk about links and we could always talk about links. So I, I appreciate you, your willingness to join. And I'm excited to to talk a little links basketball with you. Can I say longtime listener, first time caller? Um, <laughs> no, I'll, always down. Honor to be a guest, uh, an inaugural guest. But uh, I just, yeah, I mean, hey, any excuse to talk about the hometown team and probably give uh, the Windsider show people a little bit of break about talking about the links is always a good thing. Yeah. And that kind of feeds into feeds into your intro. I, I I'll I'll kind of let you you introduce yourself. Um, but we've worked together at, at Windsider, and, and I'll let you kind of take the floor and introduce yourself to who you are and, and what you do. Yeah, my name is Arya Schwartz. Like you said, uh, I started Windsider. Lost track of how long ago. Um, my whole spiel is I grew up in Minnesota, diehard Lynx fan. Moved out of town and 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 wanted more coverage for the league, so we started an outlet. And from there, it's really grown into. Uh, obviously, in my very biased opinion, the best outlet to cover women's basketball in the world. Um, we have an amazing staff. I also host a podcast uh, with Rachel Galligan, The Windsider Show. Check it out in all your podcast uh, forms. And uh, yeah, like you said, like we've been working together for a while on Windsider. We have an amazing staff of some other people. Make sure you check out their written work over at windsider.com. And shameless plug, join our playbacks or our Patreon because... Uh, if you don't know, as a WNBA fan, there's not many great paying positions for people to cover this amazing league and, uh, playback and Patreon allows Winsider to exist. So, uh, yeah, do that. Yeah. I've been, what I've been, it's been two, two years, three years that I've, I think maybe this is my, I don't even know. third, I think. I I think it's my third working at, uh, at Winsider, um. Aria and I uh, a couple of years ago um, started a started some dialogue and me joining Windsider and and I've enjoyed it a lot. Um, not only being able to to cover the links in the WNBA um, in written form, but to like like you mentioned, uh, joining playbacks, kind of being a part of a community in that in that regard has has been a lot of fun. So yes, I I echo that. Um, check out Windsider.com. Check out playback um, whenever we have you know throughout the the college basketball season, um, throughout the off season, through the WNBA season. Um, it's a it's a fun forum or, or kind of um, avenue to to kind of communicate with everybody from fans to to people at Windsider. So it's it's a lot of fun. So make sure to, to check that out throughout the year. Um, first thing I gotta I gotta mention, and and the the listeners can't can't see this. I can see this uh, right behind you, but above your right shoulder you have a, a Simone Augustus throwback Lynx jersey. Tell me a little bit about that and and kind of your fandom for Simone. Well, first of all, that is a custom-made jersey because you can't—you were never able to buy that jersey. Um, 
Yeah, I have a spending problem. Uh, <laughs> but but in my defense, because my firstborn is named Augustus, uh, and I did not think of this, but the benefit is anytime I buy a Simone jersey, it's just like a hand, it's 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 a long term family investment that I'm going to hand down to him eventually. So. Um, yeah, no, I mean, look, my my WNBA fandom started with started with Simone. Um, it, I remember going to a, a Lynx game because there was some like cheap ticket deal. Went to the game, saw her like I very clearly target center walking down the stairs, saw her cross somebody over, hit her, you know, classic pull up jump and just kind of pranced back on the court. And I was just like, I don't know who this player is, but. That I mean, like I had heard of Simone, right? Because it was big news when we got her in the first with the first pick. Um, but yeah, I mean, from there it kind of just spiraled into um, me being that one crazy fan who was always screaming at free throws. The uh, the the fan that took um, the joys of a more respectful fan base or crowd um, and took full advantage of that because you truly felt like I, even. It, even in the days where the Lynx were like in the dynasty, right? Our fans are still really respectful and, and polite. So I was I was that one who wasn't. So like when everyone else is being quiet and like nice, I was like, you're gonna miss the shot. And like, you know, whatever. People grow from that point. Um, but yeah, kind of uh look, in my opinion, Simone's the greatest of all time. I could I'll die on that hill. I could go on rants forever, the defensive efficiency, uh, the passing ability. If she wanted to rebound, she could. The scoring ability, obviously, the swagger, uh, the the accolades. I mean, no rookie still to this day has scored more points than her. Um, but whatever, that's that's a long tangent. But I mean, I also got a. I'm over my other shoulder. I got a, a Lynx basketball signed by Sil. So you got to have the the background. You know, you'll get that. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I love the love the background um, with with all the jerseys and and all the swag and. Um, a fun, fun fact or kind of tidbit about, about Simone is, well, not fun fact, but just a note on Simone is that she, she's one of, and I shared this with you on Twitter. She's one of my favorite athletes I've covered. She just personality wise, um, you know, she's always respectful and, and upfront and honest with the media. She's always willing to work with the media. Not, not too often you, you get the full package of a player like that or a personality like that, not even in, not just in the W, but in general. Um, and that's, you know, that's something that she's, and she, she is one person, one heck of a personality, um, that, that is fun to just be around and, and it, it's a lot of fun. I'll say this, uh, a story that I don't often tell, um, my first year covering as a media member, it, I believe it was 2017, first time covering like a Lynx game. I, I'm based in DC now, um, Lynx sweep the Mystics. 3-0 in like the semifinals or whatever it was. Forget what the format was at the time. Um and after in in the the post-game presser, whatever, asking questions. And like the way the arena was set up from the post-game presser, you had to like walk around the whole lower bowl to get to the away team locker room. And afterwards, I'm just kind of standing there chatting with some media members and Reeve and Simone and Sil walk out and uh, like Reeve just looks to me because obviously she knew me from my many years of fandom. People don't forget my red hair. Apparently, really sucked for ditching class. Um, but she's like, "Oh, Arya, I know you want to talk to Simone." It's like Simone literally just like puts her hand around my shoulder and goes, "Let's walk back to the to the locker room together." 
I was basically hyperventilating. Like <laughs> that, that, like I, that's the only starstruck moment that I've had in my WNBA. And like, that was, yeah, a very full circle, crazy moment that she probably never will remember, but like, that's just who she is where she just, you know, if she's giving you her attention and hanging out with you or talking to you, like you're going to feel like the most important person in the world. Mm-hmm. That's just money moan. Yeah. That that's, that's true. She's, she's great on the court or was great on the court and she's even better off. So that's she's... still still great on the court if you wanted to. Well, yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, well, let, let's dive into talking a little Lynx basketball um, outside of, outside of that. Um, first question I, I had for you is, is what, what are your impressions on, on the off season so far of, of Minnesota? I know a lot of people have gotten a little involved with, with talking about the lack of moves that the Lynx have made. Um, I guess what, Leading into the into the draft in in April, what what do you think? Or April tenth, I, I guess it is already April. Um, what, what do you think about the offseason moves that have made so far, and maybe the lack thereof for the Lynx? Yeah, honestly, like, look, if you're a Lynx fan, I think it's a really disappointing offseason. Um, but I think that a lot of this trails back to not just this offseason. You have to look a few years back. Um, look, no one is going to sit there and say. You know, it's easy to to progress, to shift from being a dynasty that won four championships in seven years to, you know, being still a contender after that starting five leaps, right? But what we've seen from 2018 on has been a, in some cases, slow decline, and in some cases, a very fast decline um, for this Minnesota Lynx team. And I think a lot of it goes back to, you know, every off season and look, a lot of people will call me a hater. A lot of people, some may call me a realist, whatever you want to say, like to me, it's concerning in or as an organization, right? For the longest time, the Lynx were the epitome of the best organization in this league. Everyone wanted to play for them. If you were someone like Tina Charles, who was ring chasing in the lates of her career, you wanted to go there. Planet Pearson, Renee Montgomery, all like people wanted to go there to accept smaller roles at small paychecks because they know they're going to be competing for championships and because the organization was run the right way. We're not in that situation anymore. And it's concerning um, as a Lynx fan, I would think, if you're no longer able to um, attract those people because of the players that you have. But also, I no longer look at the Lynx as like that top echelon of franchise anymore. As as blunt, whatever you want to say, like you look at the Aces, heck, even Seattle, um, you look at New York, you look at what these other organizations are doing, and they've caught up to the Lynx, and it almost feels like the Lynx are still playing an older style. Um, specifically in free agency this offseason, um, like I'll say it because why not? I've heard from talking to people, not going to say who, whatever. There were certain players that were shopped. Um, And that goes back to years before where you signed Caleb McBride and Ariel Powers, two players that play a lot of the same position, right? And now you add in a Tiffany Mitchell this offseason. So you're combined almost, according to her hoop stats on the contracts, shout out to them, you're combined with like, almost five uh, like 55 or sorry 550,000 on those three players that play the exact same position essentially 
So like when you're sinking that much of your cap space into that one position and to be blunt, I don't think any of those players are that next level superstar. Obviously you get fee coming back. That's a change. Hopefully Dantas can, you know, be the Dantas we saw in the bubble and have some consistency on it. I, I think there's a lot of questions and a lot of problems. And I know that the defense is, Hey, we swung out on Slute. We swung out on, on Stewie. We also swung out on Azrae Stevens. Um, so to an effect, like there is an element of like, okay, I understand that, but like, it has to be concerning that you swung out on all these people. Like that can't be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Do you think part of that, you know, you kind of talking a little bit about specifically about those, those three players or, you know, a couple off seasons ago when they went and got Kale McBride and Ariel Powers and, and Natalie Chanwa. Do you I think part of that? Yeah. Do you, do you think that maybe that was, you know, I, I know Cheryl has been, Cheryl Reeve has been kind of out, out front and honest about wanting to put together a strong team for Sylvia Falls in the twilight of her career. Do you think that was a part of it that that kind of, they swung and missed on that essentially where they, they maybe they're trying to put their chip, all of their chips in. And now maybe they have to back up a little bit and kind of rethink things. So yes and no. I think like I, unlike a lot of people that I I've spoken to, I, when I view last season, I don't have that. Like I have a lot of critiques of Cheryl Reeve as GM, right? I don't think she should be GM. I don't think she should be president of basketball operations only because not as like anything towards her, I, from my understanding of a power structure, it goes coach and then right above that's GM and above that is president of operations. So like to me, that sandwich just doesn't equate a, a good, you know, well-oiled machine. Um, but so but I, I fully look at last year and go, OK, we know if we thought Angel McCautry was going to be healthy for the season and based on what she was able to do over recent years in Las Vegas or whatever, I'm happy with that move. That does move the needle for me. Like going into last offseason, if you think about it, right? If Lasia is healthy, um, if Angel is healthy, if that's the situation, this is a very, very different looking team with a very different outlook. Um, and then obviously, like, congrats to Fee on her kid. If you have Fee or not, that moves the needle also because she's one of the best players in the world. Um, so I have less, less frustration towards last season. And last season is the one that I give the excuse of you're trying to put all the chips in for Sill's last run, right? The years before that, to me, it felt like a bad pivot um, where, it, like, again, you sign Kayla McBride and Ariel Powers, so two people in the same position, and then you bring in Natalie Achanwa to back up Sill. And to me, that just didn't really make sense. Like, you already had Dantas, right? We already knew to some extent what we were going to get from some of these players. And it just, it, it seemed like putting a lot of money for someone who at best was going to be Sylvia's backup, even if you're trying to reduce minutes. So for me, it was just like, instead of trying to lift up the places that there was weakness on this roster, they tried to solidify where there was strength. And like, I just don't think that's, that ever is how it works. I mean, but like we could go even bigger than this, right? Where it goes to Minnesota not doing player development. Like Mitchell, you've been following the links for a very long time. Well, like besides Nafisa, we don't have, or, uh, sorry, J- 
Jessica Shepard and Nafisa are like the only ones we've drafted on this roster, right? Mm-hmm. And you look at this team and it's like, okay, during the dynasty years, when they weren't playing a full 12, right? They still weren't able to like pocket like an Alexis Jones or somebody for enough years to truly build them out and get a better understanding of who they were. Like to me, that's the bigger fail is during the dynasty years, the inability to earmark one or two players on a small size contract that they can develop to kind of bridge this gap because you had to know eventually Maya is going to retire. Simone, Lindsay Brunson are going to retire. And so like, so for me, that's another reason why you don't want the coach to be the GM because normally the coach is a little bit too close to the madness and the GM has a little bit more of that, that space. I I agree with that. I I do think that one of the one player that they were hoping would be kind of that bridge or that development along with, with the two players you mentioned was, was Crystal Dangerfield. I think that that was somebody they had hoped would be, you know, the kind of that, that next floor general, because in any offense, you know, Cheryl Reeve has, has wanted a floor general. She talks about it now. I mean, she wanted, she wants a Lindsay Whalen to run this offense and, and, you know, I think they wanted Crystal Dangerfield to be that that kind of you know that that hidden gem that they found in the second round, but it just didn't didn't get to be that way. And and that's something that's happened at multiple positions. And, and that's to your point that it, they've they've kind of swung and missed on a lot of those players. Um, with that said, what you know, what what do you think they do in the in the draft this year? Do you think that they they try to you know, do that again. Do they try and find an Afisa Collier? Well, obviously everybody wants to find an Afisa Collier in the draft or, you know, anybody that, that will be a, a cornerstone of your, your team and your franchise. But what do you think that they do, not only with that number two pick, if they keep that pick, but if, throughout the draft in general? Yeah, so I guess to me it's, I should note, as as you well pointed out, Nafisa Collier, right? Like I can say player development and blah, blah, blah. They did draft Nafisa Collier and that is a cornerstone generational player like props to her um and the ability to get her where they got her um i think for the draft it's it's a it's two questions for me or i got it's it's one question that it's kind of choose your own adventure it's like what is it what would i do or what do i think they do um if i was them and obviously this depends on other teams also if i'm them i'm doing everything i can to trade that second pick to get into the next draft that said everyone in the league knows this draft is weak and next draft the next two drafts are going to be great so if i'm the links do i maybe try and kick it down the road two years do i say hey i'll give you this number two pick try and couple in an ariel powers or an adelia chanwa or somebody else who has a little bit of a, a salary kick um and it's just a one-year deal and say, okay, but in 2025, we want your first pick, right? Like doing something to that regard um, versus, you know, just trying to kick it down to next year. Because I don't think anyone's going to necessarily say, okay, cool, next year I'll do it, whatever. Um, I, I think that's the ultimate move. If they don't, then I think they really need to search. Like, in my opinion, this team has two needs, a big to pair with fee, and a, and a point guard to lead this team. Now, historically, this team has really struggled with point guards, right? Like, we haven't found a Lindsey Whalen. And while I know Reeve wants a Lindsey Whalen, I do think that since the dynasty days have ended, there has been, as much as I think she plays a similar style of coaching, 
Um, I do think that there's been a, a slight shift into wanting a point guard who can also shoot the ball a little bit more than Lindsay did. Um, and I don't necessarily think there's a, a real great option um, in this draft. Like I know Haley Jones is the talk about she can't shoot. And like, that's not me being rude. Like this, let, let me just put out my whole Haley Jones thing. Like amazing person has tons of basketball skill probably needs to be on a team that can develop her for a while and no way, shape or form is that Minnesota based on everything we've talked about. Right. Granted, they're probably not a contender for a few years, so maybe they could, I don't know. Um, but my thing with Haley Jones is if her bread and butter is facilitation, but in, as far as scoring her bread and butter is in the paint and pull up shots, but not three pointers, but yet she has an abysmal, like 72% free throw percentage that shows me that like, that's my concern is the free throw percentage. If you're making your bread and butter in the paint, you're going to get fouled. Um, and you need to get to go to the line and make up for the fact they're not shooting threes. And I don't think she can do that. So that that's my issue. Hey, if she bumps up her, her free throw percentage to a respectable 85 plus, then like, cool. But other than that, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's take a gamble. I think it's look for somebody who can stretch the floor. I, I think like Minnesota needs to take a step back, no longer look at this season they need to look at it and go, Fee is the cornerstone for our future. Past 2024, she's the only person on currently signed. Um, so we know we have Fee long-term unless we screw up and she demands a trade, right? So who in this draft, if you're going to have to pick, and again, they also have 12, right? So you can maybe pair that to trade out. I don't know. But who in this draft do you feel is the best player to pair with Nafisa? Forget the rest of it. Like, who is the best player that you can pair with Nafisa, um, and and what would that mean? Now, all that said, I do truly, truly hope that uh, Milic gets tons of play this season. So, I, I agree. I I'm I'm high on Milic, and, and I know you are too. But she's just fun. She is. Like she is. Forget like forget the stats. Forget the what like just put out some people who put up a fun, entertain. If you're not gonna win a championship, then like entertain the fans. Right. Put out I the agree. fan favorites. Like, let's do it. Come on. I put, agree. Today, yeah. April 1st, put Milic as the day one starter. Let's do it. <laughs> let's start the campaign. Point guard. <laughs> well, in whatever position. One through <laughs> yeah. one through five, but not four, because Fee can do what you want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's say, you know, regardless of what happens in the draft, um, in Obviously, if they trade, that will impact what they do the rest of the offseason, if they do anything the rest of the offseason, as well as what they do in the draft. But what, you know, let, uh, draft aside, what do you think they might do the rest of this offseason? You know, is there anybody else out there? Because obviously the free agent market is getting a little thin. I mean, it is, It there's not many options left for, you know, specifically those two positions that they need. What what do you think they do the rest of this offseason to fill out the roster? I honestly think, I mean, we look at it and it feels like they're pretty much, excuse me, filled. Um, to be blunt, like what they have, three, six. I mean, they have technically a full camp roster almost. I mean, I'm not going to count it all out. Um, that said, like, I think what we're going to see, I mean, in, in, in a perfect world, rose-colored glasses, they finally get a trade to happen, right? Because, and, and let me be extreme, like, Kayla McBride, great player, but she's making over 200K. That's like a large amount in the W. Ariel Powers also making that same contract that McBride's getting, right? So 
those two players kind of hampered some contract, some availability in the cap room for them to do certain moves this offseason. Now I have to think like having like I don't know how you play a starting lineup of Tiffany Mitchell, Ariel Powers, Kayla McBride, Nafisa, and one other person. Like I'm confused about that. So ideal world, they find a team that's willing to bite or teams that are willing to bite on a trade to make a move on one of these players. And then that at least gives them the ability, more flexibility trade-wise. Because right now, like even if they wanted to make a trade to bring on a player to to focus on one of those things, that's where the issue becomes, um, is you just don't have space for that. Yeah. What What do you think if, if there is a, um, you know, if they do make a trade, what, what would it return? What do you think that they try and target if they did make a trade? A cap dump. To be blunt, like you want to get rid of Achanwa Powers and McBride. I know that obviously based on that list, not, you know, super insightful or whatever, but Powers, the player who hasn't been in Minnesota at all this offseason, but is still in America, um, is the one that's probably on the move, right? Big contract hasn't really, you know, fulfilled it. I think you're looking at getting a draft pick and maybe like a rookie scale player at that. Here's the thing. In the W, it's never a one-for-one trade. It's never an even trade. It's always either a cap dump, a player's demanding a trade, or something. So one team's always kind of getting screwed, and the other team, at best, both teams are are like helping each other for their ultimate goals, but often it's it doesn't work like that. Um, so I, I don't think it's a, oh, they're going to get you know a game-changer of a player. They're going to get an Azari Stevens or whoever. I mean, best-case situation... You know they pull something and they're and they're somehow able to pull a Skyler, but we do we know if Skyler's playing this year? Um, I don't. Mm-hmm. What you know, kind of looking forward or looking ahead, looking beyond the offseason, there's a lot to unfold yet. But you know, we talked about the two biggest things still coming up the, the free agency is still underway, obviously, the draft is still coming up. Regardless of what happens, what do you think is kind of the ceiling or the expectation for? for this team in, in 2023, because right now, you know, I'm going to be honest. I don't, I don't think they've done enough to really improve off, off of last year. And uh, you know, they're, well, I'll just say it, they're not, I mean, they're not better than what they were last year because they don't have Sylvia Falls. And mm-hmm. you know, that, that makes a big difference and that's a huge hole. Um, you know, they do have obviously Nafisa Collier coming back in and kind of swapping with Sill and that that'll make a, a difference. That's, that's obviously a plus, but what do you think this team looks like in 2023? And what do you what are your expectations for them? My expectation is the lottery team again, to be blunt, um, which is part of the reason why I'm like trade out of this draft. Because if you want to have multiple first round picks or multiple lottery picks or whatever it is, you don't want it in this draft. And that's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes. Minnesota got a tough deal there. Um and I should also note part of the reason that I say trade out of this is Diamond Miller out of Maryland, a player that a lot of people are saying Minnesota should take, I think fits into a lot of skill sets that they already have on this team with McBride, Powers, and Mitchell. So I think it doesn't necessarily like make sense to do that also. So that just adds into my my opinion. Um, so my expectation, yeah, is a lottery team again, um, which is why part of me there's some frustration that the way this team has been built, like, yes, I understand, you know, Shepard's still young, uh, Fee's still young, and there's some other younger players, right? Uh, Stephanie Watts, Keanu Williams. 
I, and so maybe it's not fair for me to say this. So I'll, I'll say that with an asterisk, but like, I would have liked to see some, I, I hope to see a lot more of the younger players make this roster because we know we're not going to be having a Minnesota team competing for a championship. So if not, then you should be doing some sort of player development. The positive is that in 2024, you have just three players on contract. So like, this, in my opinion, this season, expectations, lottery team, maybe if things come together and we see another amazingly coached season like we did in the bubble from Reeve, um, they make, you know, seventh, eighth seed. Um, but I think realistically, it needs to be, hey, let's gain, I don't know what it is, let's gain something this season and focus on 24 and 25, like getting back to upper echelon, you know, maybe not that top dog tier like the aces and New York are in, but that tier below it where you have Washington, you have Connecticut and you have some other teams uh, really, really vying to be contenders. Mm-hmm. You know, one person that could help the team, Mount Augustus. Look, I, am I the only one? <laughs> I'm just going to say this because like, this is a Lynx pod. Am I the only one who is sitting there? Like they haven't announced that last coach for a while. Simone's at AU, so maybe they, they want to wait till she's back to announce it. That and then they pull that dirty stuff. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, I, I, I admittedly think, you know, and, and Rebecca Brunson's done a great job, I think, as, as an assistant. Obviously, you have Katie Smith on staff, who's a head coach caliber, um, you know, assistant or a head coach caliber person, coach, whatever. Um, but I, I think. I mean, I could see Lindsey Whalen or Simone or or both on this on this coaching staff, you know, in the future. If if Lindsey doesn't, you know, land somewhere else in the college game or, or depending on what she decides to do um beyond the University of Minnesota. But I I don't know. I Reeve it comes we all know Reeve has a soft spot for those players. So it, it But that's the question, right? Is sometimes when you have a soft spot for somebody and you get hurt by them. Now I'm not saying Simone hurt Reeve or Reeve hurt Simone. I think they Obviously, both were hurt by each other. That's like live under a rock if you're a Lynx fan. You know, like something happened there that caused that falling out. Um, and so the question for me always was, you know, is Reeve willing to, or is Simone willing? Like somebody at a certain point has to kind of uh, bend or bow or whatever the term you want to use. Um, and those are two alphas. So. Will that ever happen? Will there be like, there's questions, man. There's questions. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's why Lindsay, I feel like is more likely, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. If she doesn't go back into the college game or depending on what she wants to do, um, you know, I, I could definitely, when I heard the news as unfortunate as it was that she, she parted ways, quote unquote, parted ways with the university of Minnesota. I thought, um, you know, I thought she would land with, with the links, but I could see her obviously taking a year off, you know, kind of getting away from the game and, and getting into pickle pie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, Arya, I appreciate you joining me. Uh, why, why don't you tell people one more time where, where we can uh, find you on, on social media and in a little bit about um, Windsider as well? Yeah, my handle is uh, Windsider Arya because why not? That's all I do on Twitter. Um, <laughs> and you can check us out, Windsider, uh, on Twitter, Instagram. Facebook. I believe we're starting a TikTok soon. Um, like I said, patreon.com backslash windsider for uh it's a paid subscription service. We got some really cool content going on there. Um, 
exclusive for for our subscribers and then and then an easy way to support the coverage that we do besides reading the amazing articles on winsider.com is joining our playbacks um i know that you know a lot of women's basketball fans share in college and in pros um us as an outlet our main focus is on the pros and how college pertains to the pros so if you have joined any of our playbacks uh this college season Take those with a grain of salt because understand our uh, WNBA ones are a lot more fun, a lot more insightful, a little bit more detailed, a lot more uh, analysis. But also we do cool giveaways of uh, lots of random WNBA merch. So join. Have some fun. Well, cool. Thank you so much. Um, and, and thank you again for being being the first uh, guest on, on the Hitting the Hardwood podcast. I've, I've had a lot of a lot of fun chatting links and um, I'm, I'm sure uh I'm sure it will continue down the road and you're always welcome back on the pod whenever you, you want to join. I was going to say, you shouldn't offer me to come back because uh, I will 100% take you up on that. Cause I'm always, if you, if you ever need anyone to just go on like a 20 minute rant about the links and the frustrations or the joys or the happiness, um, I got you. I got you. <laughs> well, we'll make it a, we'll make it a regular thing or I'll, I'll definitely have you back on, but I, I appreciate, I appreciate you, uh, you joining and, and talking a little bit of links basketball with me. Thank you. Hey, best of luck with the podcast. Very excited to listen to it and add it to the uh, the queue. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And thank you for listening to the first edition of the Hitting the Hardwood podcast. Um, you can join uh, our Patreon page that I have set up for, for Hitting the Hardwood to help us support uh, the podcast for now and in the future to make sure that it, it lasts and um, that that we continue to get get links um, coverage throughout the off season, throughout the season, throughout the throughout the entire year. Um, you can find that at patreon.com forward slash hitting the hardwood. Um, and you can also find hitting the hardwood on social media at hitting hardwood. Um, and you can find all the podcasts and everything else on, on those two platforms. Thank you again for listening and we will see you again soon.